This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earnin today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 492 with Amy Fish. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 492. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Mamas, before we dive in, I have a little invitation for you. So I'm recording this the Wednesday before you're listening to it. And so this is the day after the election and we don't have an answer and we don't know when we will and things are uncertain. And, you know, just continuing with the theme of 2020, everything is uncertain and unpredictable. So here we are. (laughs) And this is hard. It's really hard, right? So I know that we don't know what the world is going to look like today or tomorrow or in the upcoming months or in the upcoming year. So much is up in the air, but here is what I do know. No matter how hard things are, there is magic every day. And when things get hard and scary and dark, it is possible to find the cracks of light. Your life is full of abundant gifts, even when they're sometimes shadowed by hard times. And we do know that practicing gratitude is a proven way to create happiness and joy every damn day. This is like literally scientifically proven. So that is why I'm going to be hosting a five-day totally free abundance and gratitude challenge starting next week, Monday, November 16th through Friday the 20th. I think we are going to need it. We are going to need a place to show up and practice gratitude and look for the abundance in our lives and really connect to the things that 
allow us to create joy. That doesn't mean that we bypass the hard things. We have to face those too, but it does give us space to really take note of those magical moments in our life every day and really take note of the things that we have that are working for us and the things that we have that are big, huge gifts that sometimes we are quick to overlook when things get hard. So during this challenge, you are going to get coaching via email and Facebook Live from me every day for five days that's going to help you adopt an abundance mindset, open yourself up to optimism, get reconnected in your most meaningful relationships, better protect your energy, and create joy. So this challenge is totally free. There's absolutely no reason not to join us. Like I said, things are wild and weird and hard AF right now, right? You're not alone. I got you. This community has your back. I have your back. It is okay to feel the pain and dig into joy. It's a both and thing. Pain, discomfort, dis-ease all can coexist with joy. They must. This is how we keep going. So if you want to join me for this free five-day challenge, just go to shamelessmom.com slash gratitude to get yourself signed up. Also share the challenge. Share that link with any mamas you know who just need a little bit of hope, connection, a little bit of power in their lives right now to dig into those places and find abundance and joy. Go to shamelessmom.com slash gratitude to get all signed up. Amy Fish is the author of I Want Fries With That, How to Ask for What You Want and Get What You Need. She's also the Chief Complaints Officer, also known as the Ombudsperson, for Concordia University in Montreal, Canada, which has more than 50,000 students and where she spends her day investigating, analyzing, and mostly resolving complaints for a whole variety of people. Amy's insights and wisdom have been featured in and on Reader's Digest, CBC TV Canada, CBC Radio Canada, Global TV Canada, The Huffington Post, and many other publications. She lives in Montreal with her family, including her three children, ages 15, 19, and 21, and believes that we can all make the world a better place by standing up for ourselves, even about the small things. This was a fun conversation. Amy tells it like it is, she doesn't hold back, and she gives really clear, simple ways that we can start to use our voice better and practice using our voice with confidence and starting small. So like you don't have to dive right into really uncomfortable conversations, which we all, I mean, there's so many uncomfortable conversations to dive into these days, right? But she makes it really simple and clear to start small and get some confidence, get your legs under you when you want to have conversations where you might be a little uncomfortable, where you might be sharing a differing opinion or differing perspective and get your feet wet there and then grow from there. So listen in to hear Amy share why women don't speak up for themselves, five tips to standing up for yourself more effectively, her philosophy that you can only change things if you speak up, and if you don't speak up, nothing changes, her number one tip for sanity and happiness during our 24-7 togetherness that we the whole world is living in right now, how to answer uncomfortable questions with space and grace, and how to build your asking muscle to build confidence to speak up for yourself. This was a fun conversation. I know you're going to walk away with a handful of hot tips. So get ready to take some notes and let's dive in with Amy Fish. Amy Fish, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here today. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. This is going to be, I think, very timely, relevant conversation. And I will say you reached out to me a while ago. And I think when you reached out, perhaps we were already in COVID, but now we're in the middle of COVID. We're in the middle of this cultural revolution. And we're going to be talking about how we can speak up for ourselves and be more effective and standing for who we are. And this has like never been more timely. (laughs) (laughs) So this will be all sorts of good stuff. Let's start off. Tell me how you're doing. So beyond your bio, how are you doing? um, And what is life like for you in this current climate of living in a pandemic and a cultural revolution? 
I'll tell you, at the beginning, I really had a hard time with COVID because I really like my life. Mm. So I really just wanted everything to get back to normal. And I almost refused to accept that there was going to be a new normal. I was sort of waiting for, you know, after a couple of weeks, they're going to say, okay, COVID's over and everything yep. will go back. Oh so I, I really was, was this, I had the same sense of <laughs> denial. I was like, I can do this for two weeks. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, cause I work in an office, I'm a nine to fiver. I've been doing it for years and years and years. That's my habit. That's my routine. And that's what I really just couldn't wait to get back to. So it took me a long time to ease into the new normal and to accept it and to stop crying every day. Mm. But once the cloud passed and I kind of got my footing, now I'm fine. I can honestly say I'm all right. Good, good, good. Mm-hmm. What is this follow-up wave with this cultural revolution that we're going through? How has that impacted you getting through? Like, I got feel like you got your feeling like you have your feet under yourself again in the middle of COVID and then having a whole nother context and, and historical moment to wrap your head around, well, to invest yourself in. You have to note that I'm Canadian, so it's a little different. Okay. Now we need yeah. to talk about that. So tell us a little bit about, because I haven't talked to anyone from Canada, but you're, I'm in okay. Seattle. So you're, you know, okay. Canada is very close. So can you give a little perspective on that? Sure. I live in Montreal okay. and we have many different black communities in Montreal, ranging from Haitian to several different African black communities, because people here speak French, right? So mm-hmm. we get immigrants from all different parts of the world that aren't French speaking as well. And so we definitely have had some Black Lives Matter protests here, but we don't have the same slavery history that you have in the US. And we don't have the same projects or poverty, not to say we don't have it, but everything is Canadian. So (laughs) it's, you know, a little L-I-T-E-er than what you see in the US. So that's one major difference. And then the other major difference is I'm white. So the impact on me is really one of being an ally and making sure I'm using my voice in the best possible way. And also that I'm shutting up, which is difficult for me. Mm. And, you know, being careful about diverse voices, but also own voices and making sure that people who need a little extra limelight are getting it and that I'm not taking up all the room. So that's where I'm at with all of this. Oh, thank you for that. And I, it's, so interesting to hear differences between countries. And I also think, you know, being in the US and being so close to Canada, there's this assumption that like, but it's, we're all on the same continent and there can be (laughs) dramatic differences between two countries on the same continent. And many of us, especially in Seattle are like, can we just move to Canada? So (laughs) I also really hear you around wanting to create space for other people's voices and kind of, you know, take some time to like rein your own voice in a little bit which is hard if you're a talker like I am and a talker and a teacher. And it sounds like you are in that, a similar situation. So I want to know what is something you're hopeful about right now or excited about right now, even in the middle of, you know, the world spinning in totally different ways than it ever has before. My oldest son is 21 and he has not had the most traditional path. He had some addiction, mental health kind of issues, and he is a rapper so cool yeah anyway he got into university and he's moving out next week oh my gosh so I'm super hopeful I mean I you know yeah he's 21 and he's a freshman but I'm telling you there were days Sarah where he could not put on his pants the fact that this kid is going on his way and moving into an apartment with his 
lovely girlfriend whom we all adore is just something that I wish I would have had a crystal ball to see during. And my kids laugh at me because whenever it comes up, I say it was a very dark time. And my kids just (laughs) howl because they're like, well, it wasn't a dark time for you, but we're moms. Right. And so for us, when our kid is going through something, it's a dark time. And now it's a very light time. And I'm really hopeful about his future. Oh, that is so awesome. And that must just feel, I mean, the the milestone must feel so much bigger or milestones, plural, must feel so much bigger because of what you've been through. And because you, like you said, you didn't have the crystal ball to know that you would make it or that he would make it here. Exactly. And I said to him, can I dress you up in like a college hoodie and get you a matching cake? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my 21 year old rapper. He's like, mom, stop like even joking about I it is funny, it. but so funny. So you have three kids, right? Is that correct? Yes, I do. And twenty-one do. is your oldest. So what? How, are the, yes. how old are the other two? My next one is nineteen. Okay. And my little one, who's taller than me, is fifteen. Okay. Oh my gosh, what a fun range! So fifteen, nineteen, and twenty-one. Oh my goodness, so fun, so exciting. Yes. Yes. So let's talk about voice a little bit. Let's talk about speaking up for ourselves. Can you tell us when you realized that you were afraid to speak up for yourself and how do you see this play out for others that we are afraid to speak up for ourselves and for others and how has all this shaped your work? Sure. Well, in my book, I wanted to fries with that, how to ask for what you want to get what you need. I talk about when I first realized that this was important. So it's the title of the book. I'm 14 years old. I'm at a diner with my friends and it's one of those places where you order and then you sit down and they bring you their your food. And my friend, Julie, who's still one of my closest, closest girlfriends, places her order and our fries never came. And at a certain point, we look over and say, Julie, like what happened? And she said, oh, I ordered, but I'm not sure if they heard me. Mm-hmm. And I was about 14. And I realized right then and there that not everybody can get up from their seat and go and ask for what they need. And yeah. that I have an important role to play here. And my whole life, this group of friends, we always said not speaking up for yourself. We always called it not ordering the fries. Like that was sort of our in-group language. And so when I sat down to write the book, that was the story that came to mind. And that was uh, my first example. Oh my gosh. And it's a great example because this happens all the time. And this doesn't just happen with like teenage girls at the diner. This happens like throughout the course of a woman's life. Exactly. And so one of my premises in the book is that it's 27 chapters. When you start off, it's about ordering your fries. But by the time we get to the end, you should be able to ask for a raise at work. Yes. Or you should be able to tell your spouse to put away their cell phone or some of the more difficult conversations as we build our skills. Because I believe really firmly that speaking up for yourself is a skill that you can learn. Oh my gosh. Okay. Say more about that. I think that many people don't speak up because they don't know how to. Or, and this is kind of the same answer, they don't want to upset people, right? We don't want to make waves. But you have to learn to do it in a way that allows for you to have a voice and you to have wants and needs. And I'm here to tell all your listeners, it's okay for us to have wants and needs. Yes, 100%. It's okay. We have to, but there's a way to do it without upsetting other people. And that's the premise and the language and the examples that I go through. I love that. And also... If your wants and needs upset someone else, that's okay. Like you don't have to be responsible for that. Would you say? Yes. I would say that sometimes what you want and what someone else wants can't both be true. So again, I'm going to pull an example from the book because it's very appropriate. Let's say you have a family member who always runs late when they come to holiday dinner. Mm -hmm. They're always late. And let's say you always want to start on time. Both people are not going to get what they want. 
the late person wants to be late and the on-time person wants on time. There's going to be a winner and there's going to be a loser here. So you might as well be the winner. You have to get yourself into the mindset of you can't both have what you want. Right. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for understood explains and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by Air Doctor. You probably don't know that Americans take in about 20,000 breaths per day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors. The indoor air that we breathe can be up to 100 times more polluted than outdoor air, according to the EPA. Indoor air pollutants can cause upper respiratory symptoms like sneezing, coughing, congestion, scratchy throat, and even more serious health problems like lung and heart disease. So what's the solution? Introducing Air Doctor, the air purifier that filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so your lungs don't have to. This includes allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. I am so excited that we just got our own Air Doctor for our house, and we will have it all up and running and ready to go in time for all the things that come with spring weather, but also smoke season, which is just around the corner for those of us in the Pacific Northwest. And I know many of you across the country. So here's how you can get your own Air Doctor. First of all, Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use the promo code SHAMELESS and you'll receive up to $300 off of air purifiers. Exclusive to our podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in this special offer by going to airdoctorpro, A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use the promo code SHAMELESS. That's airdoctorpro.com, code SHAMELESS. And it's not your job to make other people comfortable. Like, I think that we often make ourselves uncomfortable, women. Yeah. So that other people don't have to be uncomfortable. I see what you're saying. I guess for me, it's I would try to have the person be comfortable. Like, in other words, we might think we're upsetting someone and maybe we're not even. Maybe they don't Mm, care. Yeah. Oh, that's a great point. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So for sure, that's a great caveat because yes, that's so true that we're so worried about upsetting people. And then when we do the thing where we're like, oh, this is going to be like, this is the deal breaker. And then the other person's like completely neutral and doesn't care or not that they don't (laughs) care, but they just like, it's a very objective thing for them. You're right. We don't have to pick up the pieces. We don't have to make other people feel comfortable, but I don't think that's like the number one premise because if I'm a person who really 
doesn't speak up for myself and I'm intimidated. Saying to me, you don't need to worry about other people is a really big ask. I'm imagining this character worries about other people all the time. So I would just be more, my reassurance would be one, we don't know what consequence our action is going to take. Maybe the other person won't be upset. And two, we're going to do it in the nicest possible way to mitigate all damage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I think that's a much better explanation than kind of where I started from. (laughs) So thank you. Okay. So can you, I know you have five tips for standing up for yourself more effectively, which I think is a great segue from where we just came from, from, especially you, you know, with this person who we've now created, who is really conscientious and doesn't want to make other people uncomfortable and doesn't want to, you know, say the wrong thing or have to ruffle feathers. How can we be conscientious and speak up for ourselves more effectively? The number one tip I have is that even if the stars are not perfectly aligned and you're not sure that you're doing it correctly, you have to at least try. Because if you speak up, you can change things. If you stay quiet, nothing is ever going to change. Yes. So true. That's the first thing. The second thing is, I think it's important to be clear in what we want as outcome to the complaint. So this is an example where you're dissatisfied, let's say, because you ordered something and when it arrived, it wasn't as expected, right? We're all doing a lot of shopping online right now and something comes, Mm -hmm. it's not as expected. What do you want? Do you want your money back? Do you want it in a different size? Do you want a credit toward future? What do you want? Because now you're calling and you have to argue. Let's say it's even groceries that you had delivered. So now you opened up your blackberries, like this happened to me yesterday and they were moldy. So I want to oh that just credit. happened to me yesterday too. <laughs> really? Yes. Do you like blackberries? <laughs> I love blackberries. And my son wanted them. And I was like, half of these are moldy and I'm picking through. And then I thought my mom would take them back. My mom takes back anything that's half rotten. And it, I'm always like rolling yeah. my eyes and making fun of her. Cause I'm like, who has time to take back the blackberries? But my mom, so I was literally right. like, my mom would take these back. I'm just going to dump them. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, sometimes it's not worth it. Right, right. But sometimes it is. So I would be clear as what I wanted as my outcome. And then I would also be prepared to compromise if I didn't Mm -hmm. get what I wanted. Mm -hmm. So that's three. So that could be an example of my father-in-law was waiting and waiting for a dentist appointment. And he was in the waiting room and waiting, waiting, waiting. And he ended up storming out. And like, he's the one that lost because he had to go all the way to the end of the queue, right? Like you have to be prepared. I'm going to be waiting for this appointment So this is a Canadian American difference, maybe, but because of socialized medicine, we tend to have longer wait times. So you can be prepared. Maybe you don't want to wait for healthcare, but maybe you're waiting for, I don't know, a hairdresser that you really want. I can wait in the waiting room. I can wait my turn for 30 minutes. I'm willing to wait 45 minutes. You set your boundary and you decide. Mm, I like that. When it comes to speaking up. And then the final thing is, I think you need to be calm when you're complaining. A lot of times we're very upset and the complaint doesn't come across as well as it would if we were calm. And I think that can be a really tricky one. So can you talk a little bit more about how can we frame things in a better way or how can we, is this a matter of like taking a few deep breaths first or trying to see someone else's perspective or how can we work through this one? All of the above. I think trying (laughs) to put yourself in other people's shoes works very well for me. Mm -hmm. So I recommend that. I think taking a few deep breaths is good. I think doing it at a time where it's a little bit later. So let's say you're really looking forward to the blackberries and now you're furious and you're going to stomp back in and you're going to give these blackberries back. And then you realize, you know what? I'm really angry right now. I'm going to do it tomorrow. Yeah. Um, So flying, which, you know, when we used to get on airplanes, (laughs) this reminds me a lot about the behavior you've seen in airport. 
where when a flight is canceled and you see all these people just standing in line completely irate, which like when I see people doing that, I immediately go Mm -hmm. to like super calm and friendly because I'm like, I don't want to be like those people. And I think that we tend to go one way or the other. And when we're in that heightened emotional state and we're super reactive, that complaining is not productive. And it's really can be sometimes even abusive to the recipient on the other end. Right. Um, And sometimes I think for me, seeing people be that way, then I'm like, oh, I'm going to go the opposite. But there's definitely other times where, you know, I think like driving in traffic would be a good one for me where if someone cuts me off, I'm not one to be like, oh, well, maybe they're just having a hard day. <laughs> Instead, I'm like, right. they must be an <laughs> awful person. <laughs> exactly. Those are really good ones. So, okay. So to recap, we can only change things if we speak up. Nothing's going to change if we're staying quiet. We need Mm -hmm. to be clear about what we want. So know what it is we're looking for in an interaction. Mm -hmm. We need to be prepared to compromise Mm -hmm. and then be calm when you're complaining. Did I get them all? Yeah. I have endless, right? Like there oh, you are 27 have <laughs> in this book. Yeah. There are 27 in this book. This is actually okay. my second book. My other book had six. Like, so I have over 30 at the top of book. Oh my gosh. Snap, if you want me to okay. keep going, but I think you have other questions. So. Yeah, no, I do. I do. So these, yeah. these are really, really good. And okay. So, and I, I think these apply to so many different things. So actually before we started recording, I was like, can we talk about how some of this applies to the time that we're going through right now? So as we're going through this really, you know, unprecedented time around a pandemic and then this cultural revolution that we're especially experiencing here in the U.S., how can we speak up for ourselves? And in many situations, we're also trying to speak up for other people, um, speaking up mm-hmm. for Black lives with when not everyone agrees with our point of view and our perspective. And I think we're seeing this come up a lot in, with even between family members, sometimes even in our marriages, between friend groups and these countering viewpoints where I think some of us tend to shut down. Well, I think we can't afford to shut up. So I think that's exactly. the lesson. We really can't afford to do nothing. So each of us have to find a way to speak up in a way that's comfortable for us. And I find, again, like I have to keep saying this, but as a white person and I'm Jewish, like for me, I use the I as much as I can. So I've been in situations where I've said, the language you're using is making me uncomfortable. I feel mm. uncomfortable with this example. I don't like your comments. It's about me. I like that. So I need to do that to at least say like there are some things that I can tolerate and some things I can't tolerate. Mm-hmm. I think that's a place to start. I don't think that's perfect, but okay. I'm okay to start there. And do you think it changes? Do you think context or the conversations or the way we approach things change when we're looking at this being a conversation between two people in face-to-face versus in the online space, like on social media, for example? Oh, that's a good question. Well, everything I've read says that people will be speak up more on social media or will be more rude. So I think that's probably an important thing to take into consideration. You know, the online space is tough and I'm really not an expert. Yeah. Well, and I think that if we look back at, you know, what you just said about like being clear about what you want, like sometimes I think, but when we go into an online, I call it Facebook wars and nobody ever wins a Facebook war. If you're looking at being clear about what you want, like is what you want likely to happen in a Facebook conversation with someone you've never met before? Probably not. So is it even worth it? And that doesn't mean that you don't speak up, but maybe you don't speak up in the context of like commenting on something a stranger said. Maybe you speak up in a way where you're like saying something on your own personal page that shows people what you stand for and the kinds of conversations you want to be in versus engaging on other people's threads with, you know, John from down the street. Well, that's a good point. And the other good point is that direct messaging exists. And if you see something that you don't like and the person is 
you know, someone that you tangentially know, you can always send them a side message saying, I found the last joke you posted offensive. Yeah, that's a great tip too. And I also think when you, in that context, I think that makes things, that adds, I think, a personal piece to it that makes, for me at least, would create pause. For yeah. like, if someone sent me a DM to be like, that what you just said really offended me, I feel like I would be like, oh my gosh, like they went to the trouble. Not that it's a ton of trouble, but like it's an added layer of someone reaching out to connect and say like that was inappropriate or hurtful. And I feel like I'd pay more attention in that context. Yeah. And I recently took a writing workshop online and we were workshopping each other's work and somebody in their work that, that week made some Hitler remark. And I didn't even notice it, to be honest. Okay. It went right over my head, but that's because like so many of us, we just develop a callous skin and we're used to a certain kind of remark. So we just don't see it. Right. So I just, it didn't occur to me. Well, the next week we come on the zoom and the workshop leader said somebody contacted him and I felt like somebody did it on my behalf. Right. It was a tiny workshop of, I think eight people. And somebody wrote to the leader saying, I didn't like the Hitler comment and they chose to be anonymous. And I really appreciated it. It felt very personal. Like, Oh, someone stood up for me. That's so nice. Yeah. And that's something that I would want to pay forward. I think that's a beautiful example that first of all, that someone did that out of, Mm -hmm. as a layer of protection and that, and also that the leader acknowledged it. Yeah. Like, I think there's multiple layers there that are really significant. Yeah, it really was. That's like going to make me think about how I (laughs) can do more (laughs) of that. (laughs) Well, I mean, the only other thing I could add before we move on to the next topic is it's funny because my book came out in the fall. And so during my book tour, I always read two chapters and one was a chapter about called how to get on the kitty coaster if you're wet and black. And one is a chapter called something like how not to die when complaining, which is about the elderly. Mm -hmm. And ironically, these are the two biggest social issues facing us right now. Wow. And those are the two that I happen to read out loud. And I've been talking about them since the fall. And I just said to myself, you know what? That's my personal commitment, which is every time I have a platform, every time there's a microphone in my hand, I'm going to take the opportunity to definitely talk about being an ally and muting my voice and all the things we've discussed, because I think they're very important and they're top of mind. That's so fascinating that like, you know, almost like you had a subconscious glimpse into the future. I and, know. And also I not know, that you like- really weird. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like it's surprising that, you know, we like, we've always known who vulnerable populations are in different ways or, or marginalized populations mm-hmm. are in different ways, but how interesting that we would have, you know, the current events come to the forefront in the way that they have with those being the things you're already talking about. And I think that that's really, really powerful. And I 100% agree. And I actually did an episode in 2016 called silence is not an option. And mm-hmm. it felt so risky to talk about that silence around race is com- being complicit. That felt like a really risky statement in 2016. Isn't <laughs> that so, amazing? Yes. Four years ago. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's really interesting how things change and shift and how people are willing to have different conversations now. And it comes because change can only be made if people are speaking up. And so to right. you, you know, kind of circling back to where we started with some of this is that it requires us to say, you know, to, to say some uncomfortable things in order to create change and Mm -hmm. have alignment around our core values that this is what I'm going to do. And this is what's most important to me. And I'm willing, these are risks that need to be taken and I'm willing to take them. Then things do start to change. And now there's a shift around, like, I can't imagine not talking about this, Hmm. but in 2016, it felt like, Oh, holy cow. I hope this doesn't go, you know, I hope this doesn't (laughs) like sink my career. (laughs) Super interesting. 
Okay. So let's talk about COVID a little bit and around tips for keeping the household sane and happy. So I'm going to give you a little bit of perspective. So you have teenagers and, you know, I'm assuming mostly independent aged kids. I don't. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I have a seven-year-old and I will say, I mean, if this had been two years ago, three years ago, things would have been so different for us. So I feel grateful that he has the level Mm -hmm. of independence that he does have, but we're on month Mm -hmm. like five now. I, or I don't know. It feels Mm -hmm. like month 18 of being home together with no Mm -hmm. summer camps on the horizon. And hopefully like maybe we'll go back to school in September. Who knows? So what are your tips for keeping people happy and sane (laughs) during all the togetherness? Oh boy. My real number one tip is communication and family meetings. Ooh, talk about that. So what I've been recommending to people during the pandemic is that they have a family meeting, which is different than a conversation over dinner or in the car, wherever you normally talk. And the family meeting, first of all, looks different because you sit somewhere else in the house other than where you usually sit. So in my house for family meeting, we sit on the floor around the coffee table in the living room. Mm. So if somebody else family meeting, anybody, we are not that structured. So in our house, the rule is anybody can call a family meeting. But if I were starting out and using it as a tool during this crazy time, I would have it at a certain weekly or every other week time just to get used to it. And then at the family meeting, you need to open the meeting. So you can open the meeting by either telling a joke or reading a quote or doing something that shows that this is not like a regular thing. This is a meeting. And during the meeting, people have a chance to talk about what's on their mind. So for example, let's say it's a seven-year-old son, you said? Yes. Your son? So let's say he's cleaning his room, but he doesn't put his books away and it's really a problem. Then you tell him, I really like the way you're cleaning your room. I notice that you're not putting this away. Maybe he's going to tell you he doesn't like what you've been serving for dinner. You've had <laughs> all of this. Would act- this is all very true, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've had seven-year-olds three times, so I know a seven-year-old. <laughs> so they're going to tell you that, and then maybe it tastes weird, and maybe last time you made it, it was better. And you're going to have a chance to air these things. What I like about it is it gives us a place to put these emotions that we're all dealing with, mm. and that way they don't seep into every single thing. So it's not like, you know, you open your eyes and you're saying, and you see the book, put away, put it away, put it away. You have a meeting, you've said your point, and if your son has a complaint, like I'm really upset that I can't play outside and everyone's allowed to play outside and I'm not allowed to play outside. You say, we'll talk about it on Thursday at the meeting. I love this. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like 
a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by Nutrafol. Did you know that hair thinning will happen to approximately one in two women? If you're among them, you are not alone. Thinning hair is normal, but it's not openly talked about, so it can feel lonely and frustrating and sometimes even embarrassing when you're going through it yourself. Join the over 1 million people who are doing something about their thinning hair with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. Oh my gosh, I am a heavy shedder, so if you are a heavy shedder or if you are someone who's wanting to thicken your hair, I definitely want you to try out Nutrafol. I have loved using it myself, and I know multiple other people who've used it and have found great results. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. To get started, you can take their hair quiz on Nutrafol.com, which will give you a personalized health plan based on your special root causes. Nutrafol is committed to helping you identify root causes of any shedding or hair loss so that you can really start to rebuild healthy hair in a way that is customized to you. So take the first steps to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code SHAMELESS. Find out why 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Go to Nutrafol.com. That's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code SHAMELESS. Nutrafol.com, code SHAMELESS. This reminds me of when my husband and I were in therapy a couple of years ago. And I remember there'd be things during the week where I'd be like, oh, do I have the energy to talk about this today? I don't know. And like on days that we didn't have therapy. And I remember the like calmness that I had around, oh, I can just save that for Tuesday. Like I can just save that for the therapy appointment. It doesn't need to be like every day, like, oh, should I bring this up or should I not? I don't know. Um, It was really nice to have that container. And then it just kept things like, I could be really neutral about it and be like, I'm going to save that for Tuesday and compartmentalize it, which is hard, often hard for me to do. But when you have this designated space, it's so much easier. So I love that example. Yeah. So that's really my recommendation. And then like, depending on how creative you want to get or what type of family you have, it might be the kind of thing where people are writing down their topics and putting them in a jar and then you're pulling out a couple on Tuesday. If there are so many complaints, you know what I mean? Right. I like that you say, if there's so many complaints, I feel like my son would be like, oh, this, we have time for complaints. Let me see. Let me make a list of 37 things to put in the jar. Okay. But then he's writing. So exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Take what you can. Totally. So 
Along the similar lines, talking about COVID, what we're seeing here, in the, and I don't know how this is looking in Canada, but we're seeing things start to open up here in the States. And we, you know, yeah. as I'm sure you know, we have a general lack of leadership around all this. So <laughs> right. we're seeing things open up in different ways. And people have really varying levels of comfort around things opening up and what they want to expose their kids to. And some people are like, I'm homeschooling next year. Like it's a given. I'm not, even if schools are open and some people are like not getting on planes until 2022. And mm-hmm. so I'm curious, what can we do if loved ones are showing up differently in the middle of a pandemic or have expectations of us in terms of wanting to connect and be respectful or not be respectful of boundaries that we want to put in place? Okay. Those are two very different answers. So first of all, if people are showing up differently from how we want them to show up, the first question we have to ask ourselves is, is this my business or not? Mm. So for example, let's say you have like my dad's 81 and he wants to go to Costco. Mm -hmm. And I've told him a few times that I don't think it's that great of an idea, but you know, he lives by himself. He's a smart guy, Mm -hmm. sort of out of my control. Yeah. So my mom's 82, lives by herself and wants to go to Costco. And I keep telling her, oh, really? I'm, I'm like, I'm the CDC police mom and you're not allowed. <laughs> so I love that you're like, I know I can't control him. And I'm over here like, I think I can control my mom. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess these relationships are yeah. always complicated, right? But right, like, right, right. to me, there are a few things I can let go of. And like, if that's what he wants to do. So I would ask myself, is this my business? In your case, you feel the answer is yes, this is my business. So that would be my first question. If somebody is doing something, you know, like, or let's take it to another example. Let's say you had a sibling who lived in a different state and they were doing something you didn't agree with, but it wasn't going to impact you. Mm -hmm. So maybe they were going without a mask. They didn't believe in masks, but it's not like you were going to be seeing them and your health would be affected. Right. So that's where I'm going with, is this your business. So that's one thing. And then you asked me, well, what if people are expecting something from you? If people are Mm -hmm. expecting something from me that I don't want to do, here's the method. First of all, you don't have to answer right away. You say, let me think about it. Even if you know you're going to say no, then you come back with, I thought about it and it's not going to work for me. You don't have to give reasons. I love this. And I actually talked about this on an episode a long time ago about telling people that you're going to get back to like, let me think about it. Because I think that especially women who are people pleasers, we feel like we have to like say yes to something immediately all the time. And when you say, I'm going to get back to you about, I'm going to think about that and get back to you. It gives us a minute to be a little more of a critical thinker and to Mm -hmm. not have to immediately say yes or not have to immediately, you know, cater to someone else's needs if they're not in alignment with what you need or what makes sense for you or what is in this case safe for your family. That's right. And there's no chance that I would jeopardize my children's or my husband's safety or my safety to make someone else feel comfortable. It's just not smart. Right. That makes a ton of sense. It's also not a call for getting into a fight. So it's just that I've thought about it. It doesn't work for me. Look, we had somebody invite us over as a family to have a social distance barbecue. But then my friend found out, but it wasn't a secret, but it just came to light that my middle one had been going to protests. Mm. And he's been wearing a mask and he's been as safe as he can, but he has been going to protests. So she said, I don't feel comfortable. And I said, okay, let's postpone. We postponed, but of course the protests are ongoing. So I called her and said, listen, full disclosure, I don't think it's a good idea to have us over. My kids are big. I don't know exactly where they are. Like if you could contact trace my children, by the way, I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Because at 21 and 19, I, you know, beats me where they are all the time and what they're doing. I'm just kidding. But what I'm saying is like, I don't want to vouch and make another family uncomfortable. So I was okay to make the first call and say, no, we're not going to do this. I don't want to put you on the spot. 
Right. And, and she, I th- she was grateful. I think that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. And I could totally see where she'd be grateful. Can we talk a little, because this is something I haven't had the chance to talk to a guest about yet. So, you know, I have a seven-year-old, so I can control all the things (laughs) or so I think. (laughs) How are you with older teens? How are you as a family navigating exposure and people being about, and, you know, like it's a really different situation and different scenario for those of us who have small children versus children with more independence. We really did it through the family meeting, I have to tell you. At the beginning, we all met and discussed what we were willing to do. And I asked everybody to come up with what their bottom line was. Mm. And we just agreed at the beginning, nobody was seeing anybody, but my boys both have girlfriends. And so when it started to be, you know, month one, month two, they started seeing the girlfriends, but not in my house. And we sort of work it out. It's just communication. Yeah. That's really my only tip. You just have to sit down and keep talking about it. And as parameters are changing, keep talking about it. And then at a certain point, one of my kids' best friends lost their mom and he had to go to the house. I mean, he couldn't not go. Yeah. So then we had a conversation of, okay, you're going to have to go and try your best. You're going to have to stay outside and you're going to have to social distance because it's terrible that he lost his mom. But if we all get COVID because of it, that's going to be terrible too. So we've had some really, some dark times, as I call them, while the children chortle away at my words. But (laughs) we've had some rough moments here, but the only way we've gotten through them is just by talking ourselves to death. I love this because I think that my not having a teen yet, my like protective instinct is like, just make rules and tell them they have to follow them, you know? And I love that your answer is like totally the opposite. You're like, no, like you communicate, <laughs> which seems kind of, yeah, you know obvious. what? But everybody's, <laughs> everybody's different, but I don't have a lot of success in being a dictator. It's just well, not my and style that's the in thing. general. Yeah. And I don't know that it's the most productive. I mean, like I have a child, you know, this, my seven-year-old who's increasingly sassy every single day. And when I am constant, I'm consistently over and over saying, you don't get to talk to me like that. You don't get to talk to me like that. And I feel like I'm like, maybe I need a new approach. Well, I mean, for this one, my advice would be 100% role play. Mm, Tell me more about that. We're going to have turns now. You're going to be mom and I'm going to be you. And now you sass him and let's see what he does. (laughs) I feel like he'd think it was really funny. It is funny, but we're going to do it again until we come to a way we could both work Mm. with. Because I don't like the way you're speaking to me. And I know that what you have to say is important. So I want to focus on what you're saying. If you're unhappy with something, I want you to be able to tell me. And I'm going to work it out with you. But when you're rude or disrespectful or whatever your word is sassy, then I'm too focused on your language and I'm not getting the message. So it's almost, I'm like, why is he speaking French to me? He's right. speaking sass. I don't speak sass. Right. That's so good. It's so, so funny I would when try s- that. I love it. <laughs> when someone else gives you a parenting tip and you're like, oh, how have I not thought of that? That's so great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's so it's true. Also, it's Every so time. Cool. Yeah, it's so true. I actually lead a parenting group for moms and they all have a 10 year old. So it's here in in the community, but we've been on Zoom during COVID. And basically that's what we do. The women talk about these kinds of issues and they give each other advice. And then I kind of come on with my parenting tips. Oh my gosh. And I'm sure we have a lot of fun. Because the other thing I notice about everything that you're saying is this like very neutral tone that's not, and it sounds like you potentially maintain this in, during hard times, as you say, but this neutral, <laughs> this neutral tone around like, well, here's what's true right now. 
and like objectively speaking, here's what's going on. And like, what do you all think versus being in this like heated, reactive, highly emotional state? That's true. Wow. That's a good thing to pick up. Yeah, it's true. I'm not very reactive. I'm pretty calm. And I'm okay to remove myself. Like if I'm becoming shrill and I'm just having one of those moments where the way everyone is just breathing is driving me crazy, I can say, I have to go to my room. I'm too cranky. I'm sorry. Mm. And they've also said to me, mom, you're not helping anyone right now. Why don't you go upstairs? (laughs) They excuse you. You're excused from the family meeting. (laughs) Yes. No, that wouldn't be a meeting. That would be like, you know, just if I'm having a bad day, like we all have, right? Like slamming around the kitchen and you know, but I'm not, I tend to be pretty neutral. And I think that's an important tool when communicating. That doesn't mean, by the way, let's just say this. It doesn't mean that we're pushovers. So like my 15 year old just told me that she doesn't want to have a curfew and she would like the curfew to be that she tells me when she's coming home. And then she tells me when she's home. And I said, I don't know if I like this, but I'm willing to try it as a pilot. Mm. So let's try it as a pilot project case by case. But if I'm not happy, we revisit. I like it. So, you know, so like I try to be flexible with them. If I don't like it, then I would say to her, this isn't working for me. I need a curfew. But the truth is, is so far it's been fine. And I'm sure that that is empowering to her and gives her like a sense of responsibility over the whole thing that maybe is why it's working. Yeah, I think that might be part of it. And also like, this is where the pandemic is in my favor. Like where is she possibly going, right? She's walking to a friend's house around the corner. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it feels a little safer. <laughs> yeah. So that might be part of why it's going so smoothly. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can you talk about how we can use cooperation and connection rather than confrontational divisiveness, which we've kind of alluded to already in this conversation to get needs met and to get everyone on the same page? Oh, sure. Well, your example of the airport was perfect. When you go to the airport, I mean, like you said, let's try and remember the airport, but everybody's screaming and yelling at the poor. I can't even think of the word anymore. Clerk behind the desk. You know, you come up and say, hey, how long's your shift? How's it going? Everyone's yelling at you. This is really rough. And you try and make that connection. I do the same thing on the phone. I'm calling for help. The person says, hi, this is Susan. I say, Susan, nice to meet you. I'm hoping you could help me. I love that. I want to know like the last time someone called like their bank or their utility company or like their cell phone carrier, just like, Hey, so nice to meet you. And I'm just hoping you can help me. I have a few questions. Like, I feel like we're always like ready to be defensive. Like you've totally messed up my bill. (laughs) I always start with the, I'm so happy. I need your help. And when I get passed around to like 11 people, I'll say, hi, Stan, just so you know, you're the seventh person I've spoken to. And so my temper is a little short. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I say a lot of like, I know this isn't your fault, but I'm feeling really frustrated. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I agree that coming from a place of connection gets you so much further in the process. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So anything else you want to say about using our voice to get what we want and how this can cultivate a a stronger sense of confidence? We haven't really touched on confidence, but I feel like this is pretty integral here. Yeah. I think that my number one piece of advice is that you need to start small and ask for what you want in small ways Mm. and build your muscles. So I want you to start with the really tiny things. Don't feel badly if let's say you're confronted by a sexist relative and you kind of decide to let a few things slide because you're just not up to it. You will get there. We're going to start small and build your confidence. And slowly by slowly by slowly, you're going to be able to speak 
Yeah. So don't be hard on yourself. Just know that this is something you want to do and you're going to start picking your battles and you're going to start speaking up about the small things in a very calm way, not to make waves, not to ruffle feathers, just to say, Hey, did I order ice? Did I ask for, you know, just wondering. Yeah. I bought these blackberries. They look moldy to me. (laughs) (laughs) Do they look moldy to you? I don't know. Have you been having this problem with blackberries? You don't have to storm in there and say like, you know, you charge me $3.99. It's a lot of money for a pint of fruit. Right. Like you don't have to charge in there like that. You could just say, you know, I brought these home. I really wanted them. I opened it. What do you think? I love that. I recently did an episode on small steps you can take to build big courage and very similar that like you don't just all of a sudden like wake up and take a courageous leap one day. I mean, every now and then you do if you have to, but for the most part, like becoming more courageous is practicing tiny doses of being more courageous every single day. And like to exactly your point, like challenging yourself when you don't get the ice with your drink to be like, I'm going to challenge myself right now to double check on the ice even though I feel Mm -hmm. uncomfortable because 100%, it's like a muscle that once you exercise it multiple times, then you can comfortably get to a place of like, Hey, I think you forgot my ice. And I think as women, we need to remember to do that within our families. Mm. It's okay to speak up and have a voice within the family. You don't have to always be the person who eats the burnt toast. You can throw out the burnt toast and you know what? Toast yourself a new English muffin. Go for it. Totally. Yes. I'm thinking about like brownies and like, if you want the middle piece of the brownie, like you can have yeah. the middle piece. Like you don't need to, the mom doesn't have to have the edges unless you love the edges. I prefer the middle. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But just these little things, like there's a certain seat that I like on the sofa because I'm a knitter. I want to put my stuff in a certain way. Right. So I don't like people to take my seat. I'm yeah. fine to claim my seat yeah. and people will be irritated because everyone wants that one desirable corner. But you know what? Once in a while, it's yours. Yeah, I love it. Oh, this has been so good. So Amy, tell us in what ways you're currently showing up as a shameless mom. Oh boy, I'm pretty shameless <laughs> as a mom. I'm really re- supporting my son, like I said, who's moving out and going to university. I'm super happy about that. So that's really my big shameless mom moment. I feel that I've been through a lot with this guy and I'm so happy to see him taking his steps. And I think it's important to be there for other moms too. And that's one of the reasons I speak out about it because when you go on social media, it looks like everybody is graduating from high school, going directly to college without pass and go and without taking any kind of break. And in my case, that didn't happen. And you know what? It'll happen eventually or it won't and it's all going to be okay. So that's such a great example. And I appreciate that because I know that that will touch some other mama's hearts to hear you say that. So (laughs) thank you very much. Okay. This has been fabulous. I want people to get the book. So tell people where can they find you? Where can they connect with you? And where can they get, I want fries with that, how to ask for what you want and get what you need. Anywhere that you buy your books should have my book. It's available online at Amazon and any, I don't want to mix up the names of American bookstores, but any big box retailer should have it. Your local independent bookstore should have it. It's pretty well around. IndieBound has it. I'm active mostly on Instagram at Amy Fish Writes. Also Facebook, Amy Fish Writer, and my website is Amy Fish Writes. Excellent. We will have all that linked up in the show notes. So if you go to Shameless Fantastic. Mom- if you go to shamelessmom.com and click on the episode with Amy Fish, you can click right through to all those resources. Amy, thank you. This has been great. I really appreciate that. I feel like you made everything feel really simple and manageable. We can <laughs> all use our voices in better ways in order to create change and create opportunities to really be either advocates for ourselves or for other people. Okay, great. Great, great, great. 
Thanks a lot. And thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.